Uh, all right. Here we are at School for a Course in Miracles, where we're learning, among other things, that uh, actually the most important thing is that life is in the mind. And um, every, every chapter from now on, I think, is, is going to be showing us the ways we <clears throat> attempt to keep life in the body <laughs> and preserve our, our specialness and justify it. So um, I don't know, I thought we had done one of the worst sections in the course, but uh, back a few days, maybe a week or so ago, but now I think I'm going to do one of the worst sections in the course, the shadows of the past. Wasn't there a series, only the shadow knows or something like that? Yeah, only the shadow knows. So, um, yeah, as we're proceeding with... Uh, chapter 17, which we probably will finish, finish this week. So uh, thanks for being here and going, going through this with, with me. We'll, all, we'll hold one another's hands while we hold Jesus with one hand and everybody else uh, together. Um, <clears throat> I think I'll start with a lesson. We were having a conversation yesterday uh, at the end of class on the real world. And, um, you know, of course, we can't figure out what the world, real world is as much as we might try. The wor real world is, is only a symbol, uh, like other symbols the Course uses to help us understand the message. But I did find a lesson that I think um, was very clarifying about the real world, or maybe a better way to say it is how we actually um, get to the real world. And it's lesson 289. And um, 289. It is on page 442. And, and one way to think of the real world is the real world is always now. It's the holy instant. It's, it's what we see when we are not doing what we're going to read about today, which is bringing the past here now, or attempting to bring the past here now into the present. So um, this lesson, the past is over, um, it can mean not. It seems that every single sentence is clarifying um, the, not only the holy instant, the real world, atonement, third step of forgiveness, it all um, can only occur when the past is over, uh, when forgiveness is, is complete. 
So I will read this rather slowly and we can think about each statement, uh, sentence after sentence and uh, let it land with us without uh, trying to put our interpretation on it. The past is over. It can touch me not. Unless the past is over, in my mind, the real world must escape my sight. Unless the past is over, in my mind, the real world must escape my sight. For I am really looking nowhere, seeing but what is not there. How can I then perceive the world forgiveness offers? The world forgiveness offers The past was made to hide. For this, the world that can be looked on only now. The real world has no past. For what can be forgiven but the past? And if it is forgiven, it is gone. Let me not look upon a past, Father, that is not there. For you have offered me your own replacement. In a present world, the past has left untouched and free of sin. Here is the end of guilt. And here am I made ready for your final step. Shall I demand that you wait longer for your son to find the loveliness you plant to be the end of all his dreams and all his pain. We'll take a few minutes to let that sink in and I'll bring you back.
thank you and come back. So there were a few things that stood out to me. One is, is Jesus' extraordinary skill at taking us to the experience he wants us to have if we are willing to follow him. <laughs> if we are willing to have an open mind, uh, you know, we can read a lesson and um, go right where, where he's taking us, you know, to the, to the holy instant, to the real world. Uh, where there is, is no past. And he does that with sections and he does that with lessons. And I think the deeper we go into the course, the more we feel his presence um, actually um, with us. And um, he, he reflects, um, as he will at the end of the section we're gonna work with today, he says, take me Take me into all your relationships. Bring me with you into all your relationships. And Jesus is the atonement. So it's like bringing the atonement into um, a relationship, meaning nothing, that nothing happened uh, because he already knows that nothing happened. Jesus is the symbol of the atonement and he says, I'm, I'm in charge of the atonement. So, uh, again, bring me into all your relationships, and um, I will I will show you uh, that nothing nothing happened. There is no guilt here. That uh, forgiveness is total. One thing I I noticed this time when I read this was, um, you know, he he actually is inferring here. Um, Shall, uh, that that this, this does not take time. At the very end, he says, shall I demand that you wait longer for me to return? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you, you need to wait a little longer. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> so, um, and for all the, the loveliness that uh, you, you have uh, given that is already there uh, to end all the dreams and all of our pain. So that was one thing that really stood out to me uh, this time. It's kind of what the lesson, why wait for heaven? Heaven is here, heaven is now. It, it doesn't take doing, it doesn't take effort, it doesn't take a body, it doesn't take time. In fact, all of those things uh, we, gladly lay down at, at the altar, um, which is always in our mind, which is like why life is always in the mind. Uh, another thing that I um, noticed, and then I'll ask it for whatever came up for you as well, um, where is the past over? It can only be over in the mind. He says in the very first sentence, unless the past is over in my mind. We, we keep trying to get the past over now. We, we think we can bring it here and, um, you know, work on, work on what happened rather than let it, let it go. 
nothing happened. <laughs> when we bring Jesus, nothing happened. Um, another thing was that I can't see the real world until the past is over. But that, again, is beyond time. Remember, we're in the section, we began uh, the bridge to the real world uh, in the last chapter. And so this is all about crossing the bridge from time to timelessness. And so um, we can only see the real world from the perspective of having stepped out of, out of time, from, from the perspective of looking beyond, which is what the Holy Spirit shows us, teaches us. Here's what I see. Here's what we see together beyond, beyond all of this that we've made up. Um, the past is definitely not here now. <laughs> Forgiveness, the forgiven world is for the past and for our belief. Ultimately, it's, it's the same thing over and over and over again. It's our belief in sin, our belief in sin and guilt and fear. It's the end of guilt and dreams and pain. So let me, let me ask um, your thoughts. The past is over, it can touch me not. Uh, maybe in reference to some of the conversation we had yesterday about the real world and how, how, how do I know <laughs> what is the real world? What will it be like? Um, it's when all the interference is gone, as far as I can see. But your thoughts, let's go. Lynn I, Lynn, I see Lynn, Lynn Altman smiling. Oh, you're always smiling, Lynn, but uh, what, what are you thinking about? Well, I, I'm smiling because this morning I, I write every morning and it turned out to be a letter from Jesus. And um, it was just, he was just telling me all the things that you're talking about. And um, I listened and it, it was just so clear that the only thing in the way is when I think I have to figure out what's going on and I don't, I just have to listen in this moment. And I, so I'm just filled with a lot of joy this morning. <laughs> yes, yes. You're, you're restating uh, from chapter 18, I need do nothing. Exactly. And exactly. this is the means that the Course has given us. Mm -hmm. This is the, the means to share that instant when I need do nothing uh, with my brother, you know, and, that, and we've, we see the real world. It's given. It's here. It's now. Th thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Sure. Thanks. One of the things that kind of flipped me out um, about this was <clears throat> the awareness of shadow figures being overlaid on everything I think I see. Um, and then uh, as I was kind of sitting with this, um, the thought was, 
I can't even sin in the present. If I'm sinning, it's happening in a in a time and place far, far away. <laughs> I mean, I can't sin in the present. And that kind of flipped me out too. And then I'm like, well, Jesus, what? how can I not sin in the present? I mean, if I'm sinning right now, it looks like I'm sinning in the present. And And the thought I had was, not only do I lay shadow figures from the past on you, I lay one on me. So that shadow figure from the past that I'm laying on, on who and what I think I am based on the past can only sin in the past. Because that's the only thing that can sin. The real Tim, the real us and can't sin, period, in the past or the present. So, I mean, it was kind of like, a, a weird thing like, oh my God, if I'm sitting right now, there ain't no right now. It's only some past that I'm still making up that doesn't exist. And I'm, I seem to be sinning in it. I don't know, I messed my head up. <laughs> well, you know, the, the bodies make sin real. I mean, the bodies are necess necess a necessity. And we're what we're going to learn today is the only time that uh, forgiveness happens is beyond the body. Uh, one body doesn't forgive another body. God knows we've tried. What a clever, clever thing to have taken Jesus' idea of forgiveness and turned it into uh, the idea that, oh, it's between bodies. And we can forgive one body to another body all the while maintaining the idea that the bodies are real. So we're going to learn in this that it's, you know, it's, it's only when we're willing to really let the, the idea of, of bodies go for an instant. Here, let me read you a couple of things here. Uh, this is from, um, text 388 i don't even know what where i'm going to i'm just following the number 388 oh it's from i need do nothing can't <laughs> see that <laughs> uh, oh god jesus knows where he wants to go <laughs> i sure don't oh Paragraph one, you still, <laughs> still, after all of these years, you still have too much faith in the body as a source of strength. What plans do you make that do not involve its comfort or protection or enjoyment in some way? This makes the body an end and not a means in your interpretation. It is only the purpose a means. It's a means for the fulfillment of a purpose only. And it's going to be the ego's purpose or the Holy Spirit's purpose. And it's always one or the other. Like in this moment, it's one or the other. <laughs> and there ain't no in between. So it's either uh, serving the Holy Spirit, which is forgiveness, plain and simple, true forgiveness which is joining with the holy spirit it's not having jesus or the holy spirit do anything with the world or my external brother who is not even there that would be uh, in you know that's the insanity of the ego 
So Jesus is why we invite him in, because he knows that, and he will remind us if we're doing some kind of shenanigans where we think we're uh, forgiving someone else, he will let us know if we remember to invite him in. Um, Bruce, uh, Bruce had something. Yes, oh, I, I, I was just doing a little a nerdy riff on the, the imaginary nature of, 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 of sin. And I was thinking about imaginary numbers. And if anybody has taken any, you know, math classes uh, or physics classes, you probably come across the square root of minus one. And the symbol for that is lowercase i, which is kind of interesting, right? And in itself, you know, the lower, the little i. Um, and the, the, it's the whole basis of what's called imaginary numbers, which then get added to what's called real numbers to make complex numbers. So the ego is always into complexity and imaginary stuff. And, but what an what a interesting metaphor for the fact that, you know, we never could have messed up perfect oneness. We, you know, sin is impossible, but because our minds are so powerful, we've made up a whole world, and then we've made up a mathematical world within another imaginary world that has imaginary numbers and complex numbers in an imaginary world. <laughs> I don't know. Just kind of just kind of going off on that little rabbit hole for a moment, just thinking how how, how bizarrely silly all this is, and and you know much ado about nothing, and and but and we can just keep looking at our grievances and say, oh, there's I'm projecting an imaginary sin into trying to do it into a, a, a real present. Mm -hmm. And like Tim was saying, it, it can happen. You know, it's just yeah. it never, never, never happened. Thanks. Well, you know, as, as long as we want it, we'll see it. And we won't see the real world. It's really that simple. It's, you know, the unreal world, in which case we'll always be studying it, fixing it, uh, improving it, or, you know, and, and the same with the body or we re will really decide that, wow, I'd, I, I'd rather see, you know, take my chances on the real world, <laughs> see what that's like. I'm, I'm sure we can come right back if we don't like it. <laughs> it will be waiting for us, the world and, and all of its issues and problems, you know. Nizigadana used to say, the world will get on really fine without you. You, you can stay here if you want to. And I know we kind of say that in every, every class now, I notice at the end we're saying, well, you know, why don't you just stay here? You don't have to come back. You know, so often we're in a place of, of uh, the holy instant and uh, we're, re we're all resting together in, in God. And then here we go. You still have too much faith in the body, he says. <laughs> uh, let me uh, see. Uh, down, oh, I, th this is the one that I actually wanted, paragraph three. At no single instant does the body exist at all. Well, we're kidding ourselves when we think, you know, we're doing uh, that our relationship with one another is between two bodies. I mean, we're really, you know, it's, it, it's in the holy instant that minds are shared. In this holy instant, our minds are shared, are one. So at no instant does the body exist at all. It always is remembered. So in the past, um, I'm you know, dragging the past and the future, I'm remembering something, 
something that we believe actually happened. Because if we had forgiven it, we would know it really didn't happen. So if it's here now, seemingly, it's because we're bringing it here now. It is always remembered or anticipated, but it's never experienced as now. This is why he can also say, at no instant um, can you die. That's why we say that, you know, there's no death. It's just a continuation of the holy instant. And everything is there. All relationships are there in, in, in the holy instant, in the mind where they've always been. Um, only the past and future make the body seem real. Only the past and future make the body seem real. Time controls it entirely. So when we step out of time on the bridge, the holy instant, crossing over, and he's already told us uh, it's really different on the other side. <laughs> How beautiful it is on the other side. Uh, time controls it entirely, for sin is never holy in the present. In any single instant, the attraction of guilt would be experienced as pain and nothing else and would be avoided. There are actually places that he talks about that as in the advanced teacher sections, I think, where we are getting comfortable with the holy instant and with uh, remaining, remaining there for longer periods of time. And, and from that place, on the other side of the bridge, so to speak, guilt would be instantly recognized as what it is, and we wouldn't go there. That way madness lies, <laughs> Shakespeare. That way madness lies, making the, the bodies real. And as soon as that happens, somebody's, somebody's to pay, you know? Somebody, uh, we're back into uh, the scarcity and um, everything else that goes along with our identification as a body. Its whole attraction is imaginary. The attraction to guilt is imaginary and therefore must be thought of in the past or in the future. It is impossible to accept the holy instant without reservation unless just for an instant you are willing to see no past and no future. Um, I guess it's kind yeah. of flipping me out that, uh, you know, we talk about going to the real world and the process seems to be, I got to go back to my mind. And then there's this bridge between my wrong mind and my right mind. And I got to cross that bridge, but just the simplicity of sitting with the real world is right now. And I don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> I mean, there's no going anywhere. I'm just sitting in the real world, pretending I'm not. And the only reason I'm not having that experience of now is I'm totally caught up in, the shadow figures of the past on you and me. And if I lay the shadow figures down, then the other thing about shadow I was thinking of was it's basically just an absence of light. It's not, it's not something else. It's just, 
you know, a shadow <laughs> is, is, is uh, we block the light <laughs> and there's this seeming figure on the ground, but there's no, nothing in it at, of it or anything. It's just an absence of light. It's an absence of the now. <laughs> mm. Yeah, now, now is, uh, there are no bodies in the holy instant. And that, that's what, you know, that's what we're, we're trying to keep the bodies so we have a place to get rid of guilt. And there's the vicious circle over and over and over again because we think we did something in the past and now we have to pay for it. Not a pretty picture. Um, let, let's go to the shadows themselves. <laughs> um, the shadows are on Shadows of the Past, chapter 17, page 354. And if you want to um, think of some shadows, <laughs> Um, here are a few things that were mentioned earlier. These, these would be shadows that we uh, are carrying with us uh, and they, they really can't go with us into the holy instant, but we're still carrying them, that kind of thing. So imagine slights, any imagined slights that we might have. Past disappointments. You know, we think we're over it, but we still, well, I'm over that now. <laughs> not if you're still thinking about it, you're not over it now. You know, it's, it's something we place on our brother. It's part of that, that veil that keeps us separated. Uh, so those disappointments. I was uh, thinking slights is a funny word. I don't think things are slight. Like that was just kind of a, a minor infraction on my piece. No, a slight is more a slash. <laughs> you slash my piece. <laughs> it's not a slight at all. <laughs> Imagined or not, I don't care. Yeah. It, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, anybody else want to weigh in on a slight? <laughs> What's a slight to you? I, I don't know. A slight, like, like I wasn't, I don't know. I wasn't respected, I wasn't, you know, considered, um, I wasn't regarded importantly enough. <laughs> That's kind of, for me, anybody else? Judy's got some. Well, Shakespeare would say slings and arrows of outrageous fate. <laughs> um, but for me, it's, they're narcissistic wounds. There are times when somebody's left me out, been sarcastic so much so that I couldn't even catch it, except later, it's often later. So I, you know, they'll kind of whiz by me and then later they, it's like a pimple, they'll, they'll pop. <laughs> oh, 
man, awful. <laughs> it is when you really see it, you know, some of these things we, we really don't let ourselves look at, yeah. you know? And then I, I mean, another thing that comes to my mind with a slide is, do you know who I am? <laughs> you know, that kind of feeling. <laughs> do you know who I am? What do you mean? No. Yeah, what do you mean? No. Why don't you ask for my opinion? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm over here all ready and waiting. I got something really good and you didn't even see me. <laughs> Steven's got something. <laughs> yeah, chopped liver. Am I chopped liver? <laughs> Steven, where are you? I can't see you. Uh, I'm over here in San Antonio looking at you. Oh, so, there you are. I see you now. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm pulling on my left sideburn. Does that help? Uh, just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I took this a little bit further. It's, it's ex almost exactly what Judy's saying. Uh, but uh, it seems like I, I like to take things a little bit further. Uh, uh, the, the slights for me, it's like ego lines them up, you know, and when I get those visions, you know, those, those visions of uh, the real world, those glimpses of reality, as I, I like to call them, when they come in, ego like puts one there, because there have been so many times in my life, I'm like, why am I thinking of this when I was feeling so good? And that has happened so much that, you know, that a slight can be any any irritation and, and it could be someone that i met once 20 years ago it could be some some horror that i went through you know 40 years ago or it could be somebody stepped on my toe and i think they did it on purpose because of the way they looked at me it could be uh, anything and ego kind of lines that up at the ready you know just to just to tweak me in the wrong direction thank you don't you think it's funny that we call it slight? <laughs> it's not slight. When we're remembering it 40 years later, it's not slight. <laughs> oh, my. All right. All right, all right. Whoops, excuse me. Uh, let me see here. Got to do this. There we go. <laughs> All right, we'll let go of slides for now. Here, are, here's another one. Um, oh, perceived injustices and deprivations. Perceived injustices and deprivations. You know, who deprived us? I mean, usually it begins with our parents. You know, but. You know, we've been deprived. We didn't get enough of, enough love. That's always a good one. They weren't around enough. We didn't get enough attention. You know, so former deprivations and and, and these these are going to uh, show themselves in our special relationships. They these are the shadows that happened in the past and we don't we might not hold them specifically the way we're discussing them now but they're all there they're all there all the ways in which we didn't get what we wanted in, in the top of the list 
is of course we didn't get our specialness. God would not give us our specialness. And so we were deprived there. My ego reaction to perceived, like, what do you mean perceived? <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? No. What do you mean? I made this up. <laughs> no, these are serious infractions on my piece. <laughs> yeah. These aren't perceived. This is the real deal here. Lynn Altman's got something. Where's Lynn? There you go. Lynn. Lynn, you're on mute. Yeah, that um, these are all kind of personal things that I can kind of laugh at, but I just found myself thinking about the current situation that I look on every time I see the news with um, racial injustice and the systemic racism and so forth, which is a manifestation of, the, of these kinds of perceived injustices and deprivations, and yet they are so large and there is so much justification for them within the context of the world that that's really an area that I find incredibly difficult to, you know, pull, pull back myself to the arena that I have, where I have some power. But anyway, I just, um, sometimes I think uh, I can, it's, I, I have trouble between the personal and then what seems like the larger picture. I have a very nice, comfortable life. I'm not dealing personally with those, you know, really outrageous slings and arrows of misfortune. And so sometimes yeah. I, I wish there was a way to, I need some help with, with that um, in terms of applying the course so that I don't get lost in what seems so very real and so very important and unjust. So. Yeah, um, you, you certainly speak for all of us, I think. Um, and it is, if, if, if we're going to use what we're learning today, um, that there you know, there, there is no world and uh, there are no bodies external to our mind. And the only way we can um, change our mind is for me to get back to the mind, cross that bridge and choose the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the, uh, otherwise we're using other bodies, the world, as a defense against getting back to the mind where we can, you know, have Jesus, have the Holy Spirit, um, have them show us what's beyond, what is beyond this. And, and in order to do that, we have to take our eyes off the unreal, you know, and be willing, be willing to um, lay, it, lay it all aside and uh, come to the, to the mind where we can um, learn to see beyond this. And 
that's, you know, we, we are obsessively concerned about what the other guy is doing and thinking and, you know, what his behavior is, but we have to see the purpose for doing that. That's the hard part. The hard part is this is very purposive for the ego. Remember, the ego's strategy is never get back to the mind, which is step over out of time and into timelessness. Even if it's only for a second, you know, that willingness to go in another direction. Um, one of the one of the things that I think Ken Watnick was really helpful at in reminding me, all of us of, was in that in that situation where I'm reacting to an obvious horrible injustice in time and space, whether it's the pain of a little kid separated from his family at the border or 400 years of crazy racial crap, um, is that remember, uh, you know, I, I'm aware I want to pray for the person who I perceive is going through pain, and it certainly seems like they are. But what about the guy who's perpetrating it? Am I willing to see them the way Jesus does? Because they're in as equal amount of pain. It doesn't look like that, but I'm leaving them out. I don't think I can react to any situation like that if I'm not leaving them out of my prayers, if I'm not leaving them out of asking to see them the way Jesus sees them, especially the perpetrators. They're the real classroom, not the people that are in pain. I mean, yeah, they are too, but but am I leaving the perpetrators out? Nidra had something. Yeah, on Sunday in our study group, we were talking about the past, how everything is the past and how huge it is, how um, everything we see, everything that's going on in the world of illusion is the past and it has a tremendous draw. And we were getting, Trump is here visiting today. So we have quite the, uh, so I, you know, like, and like Lynn, I was, you know, hey, I'm an activist. So of course, this is my, this is my wheelhouse. Um, so how do I, how do I do this? How do I not feel guilty by not performing, by not responding and, um, and do what I do? So what I, I've been working on this for weeks, for weeks, what do I do with this? So <laughs> For me, you know, and, and the thing is, we have to see everyone innocently. I mean, we all know, and I know they're me. I know that intellectually, I know they're me. Um, but the body me is going, what the hell? So what I've done is I have a split screen in my mind. So whether it's the perpetrator or it's the innocent, um, I have a split screen and the person is actually split. You know, I see the behavior, I see the ugliness, and I also see the innocence. And it gives me, it gives me peace for a while, <laughs> but then I have to keep doing it over and over and over because the past and the world keeps, uh, it's like a tsunami. It's just like a tsunami. We're in the middle of a tsunami right now. And um, so it's taking every ounce of my being and uh, the course to try to stay sane in all of this. It is. 
So it's active. I mean, I'm actively working every, you know, as, as much as I can remember to do that, I'm actively working at it, but it's challenging. One of the things that's come up in this uh, section we're going to get to um, is the idea of the spark. And he uses, I don't know, 15, maybe 20 times that um, in uh, the, one, the one son of God, and we have to be willing, again, to go there in our mind to realize God has only one son, which means we don't exclude anyone. Nothing is excluded. That in every aspect of that one son of God, the Christ mind, and every aspect of it contains the father and the spark. And that is, that is there, and that's where we place our faith. We place our faith in, in, the, in the spark, and we place our faith that communication is there and only there. And the communication isn't between the bodies because there are no bodies. So uh, this, um, you know, this is really uh, here in this chapter, we're stepping into to the indivisible idea, the idea of the indivisible mind. And that, you know, we started a couple of chapters ago with, um, you know, this is where communication is, and it's perfect and whole, and it's, it's always, always there. And this is what we, we are wanting to learn here. And the ego is going to fight like crazy. <laughs> it is going to come up with the most extraordinary <laughs> justifications. He calls them here. Uh, reasons, you know, that we think there are reasons why we have to stay in the bodies, the bodies have to be real, and on and on. So <laughs> I, um, yes. So the spark, that was the point to bring up the idea that um, uh, the natural state of our, our mind is spirit. And spirit is in a state of grace forever. And when we come to that, you know, in the crossing over the bridge, we realize it's done, you know, it's done, it's accomplished, it, it, it never happened. And, and then, you know, Nidra, Nidra is an invitation. Uh, you know, Tim is an invitation, Lynn Altman is an invitation just by your presence. Uh, Stephen, <laughs> Stephen is an invitation. Uh, there isn't any one of us that, that can't become an invitation um, to the holy instant. And, and that's all we need to do. That's absolutely all we need to do. All, that's everything. That is absolutely 
everything when we started out a little bit ago and, and we read I Need Do Nothing. And he said, this is the means this course is giving us to, um, uh, to, to heal, to save. Uh, let me see. Your way will be different, not in purpose, but in means. A holy relationship is a means of saving time. One instant spent together with your brother restores the universe to both of you. You are prepared. Now you need but to remember, you need do nothing. It would be far more profitable now merely to concentrate on this than to consider what you should do. When peace comes at last to those who wrestle with temptation and fight against giving into sin, when the light comes at last into the mind given to contemplation, or when the goal is finally achieved by anyone, it comes with just one happy realization. I need do nothing. Here is the ultimate release, which everyone will one day find in his own way, in his own time. You do not need this time. <laughs> Again, he is reiterating, this can be done now, any moment that we choose. Time has been saved for you because you and your brothers are together, are together. We don't have to get together, <laughs> we are together. The spark is there. Let me see that spark of light here now in whatever encounter and ever, whatever situation. This is the special means this course is using to save you time. This is the special means. He's using special here deliberately. But this is a very different special relationship. This is the special means. You are not making use of the course if you insist on using means which have served others well, neglecting what was made for you, italicized. Save time for me. So this is Jesus speaking to us. Save time for me. You don't have to go through all the machinations. We just have to believe in the power of the mind that is singular and joined forever and ever within the mind of God. Save time for me by only this one preparation and practice doing nothing else. Practice doing nothing else. Here it is. I need do nothing is a statement of allegiance, our pledge of allegiance to God the Father a truly undivided loyalty. Believe it for just one instant and you will accomplish more than is given to a century of contemplation or struggle 
against temptation. To do anything involves the body. And if you recognize you need do nothing, you have withdrawn the body's value from your mind. And this is the quick and open door through which you slip past centuries of effort and escape from time. This is the way in which sin loses all attraction right now. Right now. Always right now. This instant, this instant, in this instant, in this instant. I rest in God. I need do nothing. For here is time denied and the past and the future gone. Who needs do nothing has no need for time. To do nothing is to rest and make a place within you. Rest and make a place within you where the activity of the body ceases to demand attention into this place the Holy Spirit comes and there abides. He will remain when you forget and the body's activities return to occupy your conscious mind. Yet there will always be this place of rest to which you can return and you will be more aware of this quiet center of the storm than all the raging activity. This quiet center in which you do nothing will remain with you, giving you rest in the midst, in the midst, of every busy doing on which you are sent. For from this center, you will be directed how to use the body sinlessly. It is this center from which the body is absent. It is this center from which the body is absent that will keep it so in your awareness of it. And it goes on. It is only the awareness of the body that makes love seem limited for the body is a limit on love one of the uh i think the ways the ways we we trick ourselves um into believing into thinking that um i i care <laughs> you know there's there's horrible things that are being done all the time and I care about those things, and I don't want to see people in that much pain. And he, he addresses that, actually, in, in page 355 in the text. 
paragraph two, in Shadows of the Past, he says, it is these shadows figures of injustice that would make the ego seem holy in your sight. Look at me, <laughs> I care, <laughs> I'm a holy person. I care about all these people that are being harmed. But, <laughs> the big but is, do I care about the people that are doing the harming? No, <laughs> they're doing the harming. <laughs> it is these shadow figures of injustice that would make the ego holy in your sight. Look, look, I'm a nice guy, <laughs> I care. <laughs> and he's not telling us not to do what we think is appropriate, but just don't leave the other guys out. <laughs> don't leave the other guys out. And then he goes on <laughs> and teach you what you do to keep it safe is really love. We think we're being loving. Of course we care about little kids that are in terror. <laughs> of course we care about, you know, a whole color of people that have been persecuted for 400 years. I mean, of course we do. However, <laughs> that's not the problem. The problem is, is the next sentence. These shadow figures of injustice always speak for vengeance. <laughs> Somebody should be punished. I'm not praying for those people. <laughs> they don't deserve my prayers. <laughs> I don't want to see them the way Jesus does, damn it. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the part we got to deal with. <laughs> you know, go out and protest and do what we do. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, just that we're leaving half the people in this country out in any given moment <laughs> isn't a very holy thing to do. It certainly doesn't even sound loving when we put it that way. It is speak for vengeance. The shadow figures speak for vengeance. Hell, they scream for vengeance. Look what they did. They're screaming. They, they deserve to be punished. They scream for vengeance. And all relationships, every relationship what I have with all those bad guys is totally insane. And it's insane because I'm denying that I'm still one with them and their innocence is still intact as much as the people that are still suffering. I mean, then how freeing is that to go through a day where I don't have to go around trying to find people to condemn? I do what I do. <laughs> I eat, sleep, I protest, I do what I do, but I, I'm not leaving anybody out. It's leave no one behind. <laughs> I mean, that's like Course of Miracles correct. Leave no one behind. We leave all kinds of people behind when we get on, when I get on my, my, my righteous bandwagon of who the bad guys are. Mm. They scream for vengeance. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's quite a leap. Um, it's quite a leap that we are making, we are being asked to make, which is from the world of... Um, form to the world of content uh, and in the world of ideas. You know, we, we live in the mind and everything we do is either, is either under the direction of the Holy Spirit or under the direction of the ego. And and, you know, if we continue 
to separate good guys and bad guys, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> truth and illusion, and, and we keep, you know, keep separating in our mind. Um, um, it, 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 it appears to be in our mind, but it's the mind on ego that's doing, doing the separating. And uh, our function is to get back to the mind and experience um, the idea, begin to entertain the idea that the Son of God is, is one. And um, all I'm doing is fighting here for specialness, you know, trying to, and I, and I do that by bringing, again, the past into the timeless, eternal now. And I bring um, the past, which means I'm actually, um, if I see what I'm doing, if I become aware of what I'm doing, then I can bring that fantasy to the Holy Spirit. The, the fantasy of, of separate bodies that are um, you know, doing things to one another. That is, that is the fantasy. And uh, we want to preserve that at, at all costs. So um, let's, let's look at uh, this section on the shadow shadows of the past unless unless maybe you've had enough and you <laughs> let's see what time it is is everybody doing okay i mean uh, i need to drop but one thing i want as uh, as i've heard some discussion is at the beginning you talked about slight and uh, hearing tim talk about the make what are perceived by me as major injustices those seem a little higher on the spectrum than a slight uh, although, just like, you know, there are no level of difficulties with miracles, I think slights probably fall in that same category as far as the Holy Spirit is concerned. But uh, so I sometimes have to kind of disengage from my brain around some of those things. And, and, and I appreciate the discussion about, you know, the uh, about praying for and seeing the victimizers in the same category as the victims themselves so anyhow it's a it's something to strive for and i have to drop i have to work call so thank you everyone yeah all right thanks thanks wade thanks thanks for being here hey lynn yes lynn just one thing that that i go when when tim was talking is like the the mechanism we actually have to create a special relationship with the good guys we have to create a special relationship with the good guys to give the bad guys, you know, to, to make, I mean, that's, that's the mechanism that we have to do to do that. Yeah. Yep. It's very purposive. <laughs> it works. Well, it's worked up until now. And, you know, I mean, we should, um, I know Ken talks about this in this chapter we need to be patient with ourselves. We can hardly hear this. Maybe, you know, maybe we're going to forget about it in five minutes, you know, but so it's a gradual process, but we have, we have help. 
to hear it. But this is this is this is no small thing, you know, to be willing to hear that we're we're not going to see the real world until we're willing to go through these steps. <laughs> hey, lady. There. Are you finished? Yeah. Hi, Doris. Hi. Hi, everybody. Give me a great segue for your sharing something I read. I'm going through the workbook again, and I'm in the 30s now about holiness, but early on, I was just looking at these statements that, like, they seem almost completely insulting when you read, when you come to your face. You're like, and he, 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 he's, He's almost speaking to me like I am a child. I'm like, wow. But I have to say, like, when I reread the workbook lessons and go through them, I'm like, never saw that before. Never saw that before. So uh, I was thinking when you were sharing earlier, I don't know if you guys went through it already, about uh, 6, 7, 8, or 7, 8, 9. And I think it's 7, Jesus talks about the cup and our past experience with the cup. And we pick the cup up and it goes to our mouth. And that, when I was doing that lesson, it struck me that everything in my room here was constructed in the past and placed in this room in the past. And that everything, somebody mentioned a tsunami, that the couch where it was manufactured, the furniture, the air conditioning, the computer. But, but the upside was now every time I pick up a cup or a glass and I drink, I think of Jesus because I'm like, wow, he's telling me that this is an experience with, and I'm preoccupied with past thoughts. But I wanted, what I wanted to mention was, um, I see nothing as it is now in nine. And you, were, you read it and then you said it in different words. This idea obviously follows from the preceding ones, but while you may be able to accept it intellectually, it is unlikely that it will mean anything to you as yet. However, understanding is not necessary at this point. In fact, the recognition that you do not understand is the prerequisite for undoing your false ideas. You just said it in different words. Wow. What I was taught to pay attention to was the word figures in the text all around and that we people our world with these figures to live the ego's religion of sin, guilt, and fear, attack, and punishment. But one of these insulting sentences that was just, I just read it when you guys were reading in 17.3 in paragraph two, sentence eight, and then I'll go to seven. The bo that bodies are central to all un unholy relationships is evident <laughs> this is hilarious your own experience has taught you this <laughs> i'm a shadow figure <laughs> every time i look in the mirror i have a past experience with my own body and what i what came to mind was the ego traffics in grievances almost and jesus almost likening the ego as a drug deal the ego the ego traffics in grievances and then there was the next sentence, 10 or 10, for unholiness seeks to reinforce itself. So that's the same trafficking in grievances. I'm, my mind, and then uh, what I think about, and I'll shut up after that, is twilight and 
shadows and darkness. And when the sun starts to set, like you can't discern between one thing or another when the sun starts to go and everything becomes dark. Even the figures become dark like shadows. And he refers to it as a world of darkness and that everything I'm looking at or I think I see makes me blind. And, and that those shadow figures are there to continue to keep me blind. And I just thought of that when you were both sharing and everybody was sharing about it's a world of darkness and those shadows and those shadow figures, even my own body, are here to make me blind to reality. Just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no way out. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah, there is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> there is a way out. And, and the good news is, you know, that we have a choice, the darkness, or, you know, do I want to see the spark of light in my brother? You know, do I want to see that all there is here is a spark? You know, the sparks are everywhere. And they are the one son of God. So, I mean, I could put my attention from guilt you know to sparks <laughs> and uh you know that's that that's a that's a nice um imagery i think a nice reminder that we could we could see sparks which are reflections of the you know the the light in my mind and the light in my brother brother's brother's mind is the reality and we live in the in in the world of ideas, not in form, but in in the world of ideas of content. Now, obviously, uh, it, it, he says you'll continue to see the body for a while. You know, the body is not going to like disappear on us, but we have a different purpose. And you know, now we share the Holy Spirit's purpose. And we look on the dream with forgiveness, not, not uh, uh, you know, forgiveness to destroy where we make the error real in our brother and then we attempt to fix it. Now we're on the right side, on the bridge, cr- you know, crossing the bridge, and now we know what we want to see and what we want to see are sparks. <laughs> and... Um, you know, that's the happy game that happy children play. The course refers to is the happy game that happy children play. The happy game of forgiveness where we go beyond what isn't there. It's not there. You know, the bodies aren't there and the world isn't there. So, of course, we're going to go back and forth and, you know, later this week, we're going to look at the healed relationship in which Jesus really addresses the disorientation that we will probably feel as we're doing this in earnest. Not just something we read in, in, you know, and we know we should do it, but we really are become interested in it. We find it more valuable than other pastimes like, you know, looking at the shadows of the past and projecting, you know, projecting the past on our brother, which is, you know, ultimately what we're projecting on our brother is our original uh, belief in separation. And then we, 
you know, we project that on all our brothers and we, we see them all as separate. We keep reinforcing that and doing that. But um, after, uh, after what Derek said, I just added 35 new injuries, insults, slights to my litany of slights. The first 35 lessons. Now Jesus is insulting me for God's sake. <laughs> and that's not imagined. <laughs> at least 35 times <laughs> we uh we really haven't done this the shadows of the past justice in terms of all the material that's here um monica has something too yeah monica yeah <clears throat> sitting here listening to everyone and i was thinking how you know, I'm sure every single one of us uh, would like to think that we're really good people, decent people, loving people, righteous people. But, you know, if I really give it some thought, any person that uh, I think has slighted me or has been a jerk to me, I either have done that or I have thought that exact same thing that I think they're doing to me. I mean, even just the worst character I can think of if I look at, you know, their insensitivity or whatever it is I think I'm seeing, I can go so quickly and see it in, in me a, a million times where I've done that in one way or another. And I think it's that I hide from that. I really want to believe that I'm a good person. And that's, you know, that's a lie. Sometimes I'm a jerk and then maybe it's just in my head. But um, I think telling myself the truth is uh, part of when I, I get to some kind of freedom. And usually it's then by laughing. I got to laugh at myself and go, oh, I did it again. And then now I can uh, maybe experience the truth and uh, see my brother differently. Yep. Yeah, eventually we get to, you know, the... Yeah, do I do I want to continue to insist that uh, I'm a body, you know, and that we're separate, that we're not we're not all the same one, you know? All right, let's see. I'm going to close. Maybe we can pick up on this uh, next time we have class. Um, and I'll close with the last paragraph ten. Actually, I'll read nine and 10, and we'll take a moment together. It is still up to you to choose to join with truth or with illusion. But remember that to choose one is to let the other go. Which one you choose you will endow with beauty and reality. If it's illusion, you'll endow it with beauty, <laughs> reality, because the choice depends on which you value more, truth or illusion. The spark of beauty or the veil of ugliness the real world or the world of guilt and fear. 
truth or illusion, freedom or slavery. It is all the same. For you can never choose except between God or the ego. Thought systems are but true or false. And all their attributes come simply from what they are. Only the thoughts of God are true. And all that follows from them comes from what they are and is as true as is the holy source from which they came. My holy brother, I would enter into all your relationships and step between you and your fantasies. Let my relationship to you be real to you. And let me bring reality to your perception of your brothers. They were not created to enable you to hurt yourself through them. To be victimized by them. To be hurt by them. They were created to create with you. This is the truth that I would interpose between you and your goal of madness. Be not separate from me and let not the holy purpose of atonement be lost to you in dreams of vengeance. Relationships in which such dreams are cherished have excluded me. Let me enter in the name of God and bring you peace. That you may offer peace to me.
Why would we ever want anything else? The peace of God. Mm. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the peace of God. Amen. Well, thank you. Uh, thank thank you. you. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. Lynn. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. Great class. Appreciate it.